0: Friday Morning Lights.
1: Long fly ball to center. Going, going. Gone.
0: go! Shot! Score!
1: Good morning, sports fans. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph for Friday Morning Lights, the February edition. Kyle, how are you, sir?
0: I'm doing all right. We are recording this on the night of the Super Bowl. Uh, We just watched it, and it was quite the game.
1: Yeah. Second year in a row, I I feel like just a tremendous football game all around and a great result for me both years.
0: We will get into it, but before we do that, we've got some other stuff that we want to cover before we get into the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, so let's get into it. Uh, Unless you have anything else you want to lead with
1: uh no i'll save that story i'll cool. save that story
0: so the first thing we want to mention i should have mentioned this last month i, I realized we forgot to add it into our, our recording last month but the michigan wolverines ended up winning the college football playoff this season it was cool to see the Wolverines come away with the championship. They it was definitely different to not have an SEC team involved in that way, but honestly, the teams that got in there deserved it. And Michigan after beating Alabama in overtime, rolling over Washington in the final. Jim Harbaugh finally wins that championship. He's been long waiting for. Michigan completes their perfect season, and you know, good on them for for pulling this off. It was a it was a nice win for Michigan for the Big Ten. There was it was not without controversy, of course, because Michigan had been um, caught in it's still unresolved at this point, a sort of a spying scandal uh, type of situation where they had some people who were getting hired on a different organizations to gain information access to information very odd odd story and i'm sure we're going to cover more of it later but this is also the last year of the four-team playoff as college football is moving to a 12 team playoff next year because it's all about those benchmarks my friend
1: i actually before we move on um i do have college football news uh, and it kind of relates to what we normally cover in pro wrestling. Um, but Kenyon McMahon has committed to playing, uh, he's the son of Shane McMahon, yep. has committed to play for North Carolina, as well as Gage Goldberg has committed to play for Coach Prime.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: So we're, we're potentially getting a, uh, you know, a battle of pro wrestling on the gridiron. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Well, why don't you look up their stats? I'm curious about these kids.
0: Oh, man. I'll have to, I'll have to dig through that in a little bit, but we'll, okay. we'll talk about it later. Um, for, uh, that, sure, we'll see if those names come up again. <laughs> Do want to mention the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame made their announcements of the people who are going to be going in. Sort of want to go through, one name I don't recognize very well, Randy Gratishar, was one of the um senior committee people who got in. He was a part of the Orange Crush defense of the Denver Broncos of the seventies. Uh really, really talented player in that in that regard. And with a wrestling connection, the other member of that group that got in, uh Mongo McMichael.
1: Yes. Steve yes, McMichael
0: was a defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears you won a Super Bowl with the 85 Bears that legendary defense And now has multiple members in, in the Hall of Fame and joining Will, William Refrigerator Perry in the Hall of Fame it is uh, exciting to see and yeah, it was that was a, that was a cool induction. I look forward to getting to see him get his gold jacket because definitely deserves
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: The other people who got in this year, Dwight Freeney, who was a longtime pass rusher for the Indianapolis Colts, um, was one of the big legends on those, those defenses. Devin Hester, who was a kick returner for the Chicago Bears, was the greatest kick and punt returner of all time, without question. Got a kickoff return in the Super Bowl. In what turned out to be a pretty terrible Super Bowl, but uh, the start was was fascinating to see Devin Hester take one back, a legend uh, uh, in terms of his ability to as a returner. Andre Johnson, who was a longtime very dominant wide receiver for the Houston Texans, was sort of their first really big superstar. While that franchise was kind of getting going and was just a, a sure pair of hands at that one time, another star pass rusher in Julius Peppers. He was part of those bonded Carolina Panthers defenses when they got to their Super Bowl in 2004, I want to say, against the Patriots. Was a long time pass rusher there. He bounced around the league a little bit towards the end of his career, but still an absolute legend. And a uh, bit surprising, but I'm super happy to see Patrick Willis has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Patrick Willis was a middle linebacker, was a star middle linebacker, probably the best middle linebacker in the league for quite a while for the San Francisco 49ers. But he retired pretty early. He only played seven years in his career retired uh, just because you know he didn't want to didn't want to keep doing it probably had a, a good another 5 years of quality performance left in him he wanted to but decided to call it quits and now he's in the hall of fame so it's exciting to see all those guys make it yeah so that's what we have for the hall of fame we can move on to the NFL playoffs and before we get to the Super Bowl we should go through how the rest of the playoffs went because not only were there some interesting games and interesting performances, but there was some high comedy. Uh, if you want, The comedy came in the NFC. We'll talk about the AFC first, I think. The battle of the teams that were just really beat up, Houston Texans rolled the Cleveland Browns in the opening round. For Cleveland, the magic just kind of ran out for Joe Flacco. CJ Stroud looked fantastic in that particular game. Uh, I think he had four touchdowns. It was just a really good performance for him. They ultimately weren't able to go any further, but still solid to get your first playoff win under your belt to just cap off what was an incredible rookie season for him. No real surprise, the Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was not a particularly close game, but I don't know that anybody was expecting it to be. Miami got completely shut down by the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Only scored seven points in a rout for Kansas City. Then, in the later rounds of the AFC, it became a lot closer. Kansas City narrowly beat Buffalo in a game that Buffalo probably should have won. Baltimore... I feel like that's,
1: feel like that's the last few years for Buffalo, is, is that same uh, thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson was phenomenal in the game against Houston. Ultimately, Houston, also a, beat, a very beat-up team. Uh, Baltimore got through to get to the conference championship, and in the AFC conference championship, Baltimore really just didn't show up. That offense didn't show up in the way that they really needed it to, and Kansas City, with a narrow 17-10 victory, won the AFC and the right to go to the Super Bowl, but who would they play? Well, it wouldn't be Philadelphia, let me tell you that. They...
1: Were, As predicted, though, I mean, like you, you look at the end of the year for Philadelphia, I mean, and it all really started to fall apart when, when you know, given the spot in the playoffs, like it, it was almost a gimme for that that uh,
0: series. Tampa Bay really, um, Tampa Bay outperformed themselves, uh, made it to the divisional round, played a fairly really tight game, and credits to them for doing that. But Philadelphia, this is a, a End of season to to forget for Philadelphia was them and the Jags just really fell off the map in the second half of the season. Absolutely, Detroit narrowly picks out the victory. They end up they end up coming away with it over the Rams and Green Bay beat Dallas in the high comedy of the playoffs. How about them Cowboys? getting absolutely rolled by by Green Bay. And a lot of people were making the joke that it was Mike McCarthy's best performance for Green Bay as a head coach. and He was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Longtime coach of the, the Packers, by the way.
1: What's amazing to me is I, going into this playoffs, gave them a shot, and I don't know why I did that. That was my pick for the Super Bowl, was to have the Dallas Cowboys meet the Kansas City Chiefs. And, well, I'm never going to bet against the Chiefs. I figured that Dallas had played, and they did. They had a great season. They did. But that's the the, the biggest problem with Dallas is it's much like uh, Maple Leaf fans. You know, it's all about the playoffs. And if you get there and you continue to underperform, like, I'm seeing stuff out there like Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the league, and I say, What? What?
0: Green Bay put San Francisco through their paces. Green Bay had a great playoff as it turned out. Mm-hmm. They put San Francisco through their paces in that uh, that game, which San Francisco did come away with, but it was very, very close.
1: Jordan Love really felt like he was kind of coming into his own in,
0: in this playoff. Absolutely. Detroit got another victory. They just kept rolling in the playoffs, getting through Tampa Bay. Close game, but ultimately Detroit coming away with the win. And then Detroit had control of the conference championship against San Francisco at halftime. It was, uh, it was four, it was a 24 to seven Detroit and they, they lost 34, 31 for San Francisco, big time comeback for a team that we said wasn't really big and getting comebacks. They just ultimately were able to, to rattle off some great touchdowns and, Pulled it all the way back, fifty-one yard uh, pass. It, it was just a it was a wild, wild game. Absolutely, and that led us to the Super Bowl itself. Uh, anything else you want to say about the playoffs before we get to the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, it just like it, while it didn't go as I predicted, um, certain things are like death and taxes. Like don't bet against the Chiefs because even when the Chiefs are against the wall, they will find a way. Like, I think Patrick Mahomes said it in the trophy ceremony. Um, And that's that uh, they're not an underdog, no matter who they're against. And they were considered an underdog in a lot of this playoff. Uh, As for the 49ers, Brock Purdy went, what, last
0: in the draft? Uh, He did. He was Mr. Irrelevant.
1: Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, you know what, like, I think a star making performance in this playoff and certainly the 49ers are, it's not it's like no scoffing at them. They had another, another team with a great season and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what the future holds for, for Purdy. And, and if he can, you know, continue to perform at a high level because it takes a high level performer to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, before we get into the game itself, so we we, did, we the game was tonight, and I, I get a ride home from a cab driver, and he's asking me if I'm watching the big game, and I'm like, yeah, it's actually the first time I've been able to watch it pretty much front to back, uh, and not work in many years, so I was excited. Um, I, uh, so he goes on about this conspiracy theory of how Taylor Swift drew fans to the NFL. So and, and the record companies that she's opposing by re- releasing all these records are going to get revenge on her, and it's going to be uh, San Francisco that gets the win um He did predict it was going to go to overtime, uh, but he said San Francisco was going to get the win um and this was all a bit you know big conspiracy theory. Firstly, I do want to say because I feel like Taylor Swift has been like a big part of the news cycle in the NFL this season, leave these fucking people alone. Like I understand that, you know, she does she obviously has done a lot for um, you know, Kansas City and and uh when it comes to like coverage and stuff like that. But like the relationship between her and Travis Kelsey, it just it's gotten to a point now where it's it's ridiculous. Leave these people alone. Who cares? Who cares?
0: Lots of people. That's all that's <laughs> the whole point. You say who cares? Millions of people care. I, the, the thing about this whole thing is sports fans continue to tell on themselves when it comes to stuff with, with the Taylor Swift stuff, if it bothered you that they were showing Taylor Swift celebrating in the box, um, you need to check yourself and figure out what is, what is going on with you. I have my own personal feelings about, about Taylor Swift But as far as the football stuff goes, this was completely benign and totally fine. The NFL, she's the biggest celebrity in the world, and the NFL is trying to capitalize on that. That's ultimately what it was. And it worked, by the way. It it did. It did. It absolutely worked. (laughs) So, like, I can't fault the NFL, which is, you know, a money printing machine for printing more money. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that, that was neither here nor there. There were shots of her during the Super Bowl. I didn't think it was.
1: If, too if, too if you had to take a shot every time they showed her at this game, good God. Good. I, you must it, be trashed it right
0: never now. bothered me. Um,
1: No. Like, whatever.
0: Yeah. So, the game itself was a tale of two halves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first half,
0: the first half was a slow game of football. Yes. It was a lot of punts. Uh, some termovers, a little bit sloppy play, a surprisingly bad interception for Patrick Mahomes. And a couple exciting plays. He had a big touchdown, or not touchdown. Mahomes um, had a big throw down field, uh, uncorked one for I think 40-something yards, but ultimately they had to settle for a field goal on that possession. And also there was a double pass. We had the the lateral over and a pass uh, completed for a touchdown by one of the receivers. That was exciting to see. And ultimately led us to the halftime score 10-3 for the 49ers. Then we had the halftime show itself. Did you watch that show? Of,
1: of course. I always watch the halftime show. Uh I'm not the world's biggest Usher fan, but I don't think he had a terrible performance. Lovely I love seeing Alicia Keys. Yeah. Alicia Keys is dope as all hell. Absolutely.
0: Um I'll um, and- say this. I the question I always had for the Usher halftime show was what did he have enough like hit songs to be able to carry the entire halftime show?
1: You and forgot about Musher songs, didn't you? Not really.
0: Uh, oh, the answer okay. as it turned out was no, but
1: <laughs> I forgot about some Musher songs. He made
0: up for it by going to work dancing.
1: Yes. Yes. On roller skates.
0: Yeah. And roller skated and never, it was so as far as like entertainment value for the halftime show, I thought they did a very good job, uh all things considered. I thought the Alicia Key stuff was great. I thought they had Will I Am there, which is cool. They had Lil John there, which was awesome. Li-
1: Lil John looks great. Yeah. He looks in incredible shape. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Ludacris.
0: Yeah, Ludacris was there. That was it was a, it was a fun time. Like is it gonna be on my all time list of halftime shows? No. Absolutely not. But it was a fun time, and honestly, but for a halftime show, that's what I'm that's what I'm here for. Getting into the second half of the game, and got Kansas City's offense coming to life a little bit. We got some great field goal kicks. Both of these kickers. Yep. I was put gonna, in I work. was
1: going to say the kickers didn't didn't the Kansas City kicker uh, set the record for the longest kick in the Super Bowl history. He did right right years. after Sanford, the San Francisco kicker did.
0: So uh, we Harrison, had two records set. Harrison Butker, who was the the kicker for that team, fifty uh, seven yard field goal, which is. Real impressive to be able mm-hmm. to pull that off and then moody the the kicker who i believe is a rookie um which is a wild thing to think about yeah he he's a rookie he was a third round pick for the 49ers this year which you don't spend a third round pick on a kicker unless one your roster's already stacked and two you think he's real good and man jake moody might just be real good <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was gonna say again before, right before um the Kansas City kicker set the record, I believe he did. Mm-hmm. So he's he's now in second
0: for he that was, uh, He had a fifty-four yarder and a fifty-two yarder.
1: That's nuts.
0: With that's nuts, and uh, he did have an extra point uh, blocked, which ultimately came in to be important, but uh, not really something that he could have done anything about. It. That was just a great play, right? So we got overtime, which. Wild to think about that we had overtime. It was only the second overtime in, in NFL history. The first one, of course, being the completed comeback by the Patriots over the Falcons, the 28-3 Super Bowl.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, I remember that one very well. Then we had overtime this time. Moody hits another field goal after the drive stalls. They had a quite a drive going down the field.
1: It's like eight eight minutes, was it not? Something like
0: that? it was seven and a half minute drive. And ultimately, they took a holding penalty deep in Kansas City territory. They weren't able to convert uh, a third down. They had a fourth and five they were staring at. So they decided to kick the field goal. Obviously, the field goal went through. They go up. And then with the pressure on, Patrick Mahomes has another agonizingly long drive, seven minutes down the field, completed some great passes, had multiple really good runs, too, including a yes. bootleg on fourth down.
1: Uh, Tony Romo made the the comment uh, that, you know, on third down, if you're going to run the ball, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes that does it himself. Uh, and he did it numerous times in this game. Like
0: well, he, had a, he had a great game, and ultimately completed the past. McCole Hardman, who started the season as a New York Jet, was cut by the Jets, ended up winning a Super Bowl. That's It's great to see for him, uh, for Hardman. Uh, Ultimately, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, 25-22. They had a great performance out of Patrick Mahomes, aside from that one throw. um, He was really excellent. Solid games for Chris McCaffrey. Uh, solid game for Travis Kelsey, who ultimately got slow started, but ended up having a very, very impressive performance. Yeah. And uh, Sean Jennings becoming the first, I think, the second player in a Super Bowl to have a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the same game. Uh, that's quite a performance right there. So, a uh, very interesting back and forth. It was a fun Super Bowl, and... Uh, we've got Patrick Mahomes now with three Super Bowl championships. we I was discussing this on the ride home uh, with my brother, friend of the show, my brother Christian, and the list of quarterbacks who have won three Super Bowls is, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, and Joe Montana. Starting quarterbacks, and that's the list.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, he's something else. Like, uh, and honestly, like he's twenty eight years old. Like, mm-hmm. this is a guy who can go for you know the 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 title of goat. He if he really wants to. Not not to say he's anywhere near there yet, but it, it, he's he's got a lot of time left on on uh, his career. And <laughs> on top of that, too, like I do. Uh, sorry, I'll let you make your point and Then I do have a question for you.
0: Um, this might be sacrilege to some people. I think Pete Mahomes might be better than Pete Brady.
1: I'm I was going to say like I've I spent most of my football life watching Tom Brady be successful and for me um like I can't as much as I'm not a fan I can't take away from the fact that that's 7 championships and it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. However, I've never seen exciting football played better than when Patrick Mahomes does and listen I a lot of people go at me for for being a chiefs fan and and not realizing that like I spent time as a chiefs fan through some of those lean years Kyle you know you, we, we grew uh, up together the
0: Elvis Gerback years the oh God I, I get it. there are some uh, Brody, Brody Croyle I'm the the list of Chiefs quarterbacks is a horrifying list, <laughs> and once and, they got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, that that is uh, an absolute twin killing. Um, and uh, you know the thing is, and that was the thing about it is that this is the first Patrick Mahomes championship where he didn't have all the weapons that he normally does. Like Travis Kelsey's right. still there, obviously. And you know, you but
1: Tyreek Hill's gone and uh and and who else was there?
0: But even like even based on last year, the receiving core is not what it was. And like their best receiver, I think, is Faldo Scantling, probably. And that's like he's fine. Maybe Rasheed Rice, but like they're fine, but they're not like you, you put the comparison to um San Francisco, where you have got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who I think are far and away better receivers, right? Um, and I like Travis Kelsey's a better tight end than George Kittle, but George Kittle's slow, very good tight end.
1: Yeah, I was and, gonna say like the no shade on Kittle, like he had a and, great game too.
0: I and I like Pacheco, um, uh, and Klein was hilarious, fine as well, but they're no Christian McCaffrey, like yes. Yeah. The amount of pieces that San Francisco has on that lineup make them dangerous, depending on how many they're able to retain going through the offseason. The big question for Kansas City now is you've got a couple looming free agents, for the biggest one being Chris Jones. And if you can't bring Chris Jones back on that defense, because did Patrick Mahomes win you this championship? Yeah, in a large way, he was the probably the biggest cog in this Super Bowl game. But did he win me the championship over the course of the season? No, that defense did. Mm-hmm. And it is so valuable to not have to have Patrick Mahomes win them every single game.
1: Absolutely. And I think this is the first year, too, since the Mahomes, I guess we could call it a dynasty at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I think, this season was the first season, I think, in the, the Mahomes dynasty that, um, they were shown to have a lot of weaknesses and certain, they lost games that they probably shouldn't have lost. And certainly had moments of, you know, like, is this team a championship caliber team still? and they proved it once over like over and over and over again that they're not to be uh told that they're the underdog and again i think tonight they they had an Im- incredible performance and certainly well deserving of the the super bowl
0: and this is the second straight season they went up against an offense that you know you could argue was stronger cuz yeah. that philadelphia offense last year was was a monster and the difference maker has been Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes has been to four Super Bowls, won three of them. And go back and watch that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. He did everything to try to get that team. I think there were seven drops in that game or something horrible like that. He had some that was hitting them in the chest, and they were catching it. So some of the wildest play uh, I've ever seen was that Super Bowl. And And, you know, it was effortlessly picking them apart in that one.
1: Absolutely. Um I do have one more question before we uh wrap our Super Bowl review here. Um this is the second win in a row for the Chiefs yeah. at the Super Bowl. They you know, they've made the comment uh in the trophy ceremony afterwards, um they want to go for the 3 Pete. It's it, you know, you talk about different sports and like basketball has been done tie th- uh you know um I'm sure it's been done in hockey. It had to have been done in hockey.
0: <laughs> uh, so early earlier on, like the yeah, like the Montreal Canadiens probably had
1: a three at some point, but Um Do you think it's possible?
0: Possible, yeah. Obviously it's possible.
1: Yeah. It's okay, so sorry. Uh, f- do you think it do you think it can happen? Do you think it do you think it's likely?
0: So here's the thing. You would be hard pressed for me to say that Kansas City wasn't gonna make the playoffs next year. I think Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers breathes new life into that Los Angeles Chargers team. But one, two teams can make it out of that division, and two, I don't trust the Raiders and the Broncos as far as I can throw them. So, if Kansas City can make it back to the playoffs, it stands to reason they can make it back to the Super Bowl. But there's other good t- like. There's a lot of good teams in football and you really just as a team need to put it together for a little bit of time. The league MVP is, was Lamar Jackson this year. And, you know, as much as we want to say Lamar Jackson is a playoff choke artist, and I understand that point to a degree, he did have a very good playoff game, these playoffs, and they were close. Um, You know, Dallas is coming back with most of their stars, though they're an aging roster. There's still talent there. Obviously San Francisco goes without saying. And then you got a couple up and coming teams too. Houston Do you think, uh, has Houston's making a move as an up and coming team. Green Bay should have, there's no business, uh, but there, but Jordan Love looks like he could be a guy and Detroit obviously as well, who have been building something pretty strong there. Even Miami to a degree who that offense is still a monster. And, if you can get a couple more pieces of the defense, you get the right coordinator, you can put a defense together for a year. And that's really all they need. There's pieces around and obviously, uh, Cincinnati, once you get Joe Burrow back and you can't really get it say that Buffalo is going anywhere either because Josh Allen's still there. There's pieces there, but for a lot of teams, but Kansas City is, uh, a very strong one. Here's a fun fact that Christian uh, sent me a fun fact uh, I'll, I'll read out to you. It's that Trent McDuffie, uh, he was the all-pro corner who played opposite Algeria Sneed. He was one of the picks that uh, Miami gave to get Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. So yeah, they did get some value out of the Tyreek trade and they turned it into uh, a solid player. I'll say this for, for Kansas City. They have been doing a great job replacing the pieces that they have lost over the course of these seasons because right. it's tough in a situation. As much as you love Patrick Mahomes, you're paying Patrick Mahomes a lot of your cap space. So the rest of it needs to be managed really well. You can't really afford to miss on any players. And they've been hitting. Andy Reid has been an excellent coach. Expect the staff to continue to, to grow. And yeah, They're they're a tough team for for sure. Are they the favorite going into next year? Maybe, maybe not. But they're definitely one of the favorites. All right. So that does it for... Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Super Bowl?
1: Do you think that Patrick Mahomes has met his Eli Manning yet?
0: So Patrick Mahomes' only only Super Bowl loss is Tom Brady. And due respect to Tom Brady in that game, that game was schemed really, really well to win that game. Like, I'll give credit to Tom Brady for some of those Super Bowl wins. That one, like, he played well. He didn't play badly. But Kansas City's defense was ripped apart, and that was also a, a Kansas City team that did not have an offensive line even a little bit. Right. Um, so that was that was a very different game. And then the, I guess the answer is no, but, like, I don't know what that means. Because Eli Manning is was a quarterback who was much worse than Tom Brady who put it together for two really good games in the Super
1: Bowl. Right, but I, I guess there's there's an oil and water type situation you know scenario there. Like obviously there was something about those two games that he had Brady's number and it's it's always going to stand <laughs> the test of time as being um the, the the two moments in Brady's career where he probably was like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm just curious to know if you think that there's anybody who's at that level for Mahomes, but I mean, there's still time.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe, but the thing is, like, let's not forget, that Super Bowl, the first one, let alone the second one, the first one, they held the best offense in probably of the history of football, the 14th. Yeah. So as much as I want, we can give credit to Eli Manning where credit is due, he made a few really really nice passes. Uh, obviously the the helmet catch one everyone's going to remember. Um, got a couple other got a couple touchdowns. He ended up being the the MVP. But the MVP of that game was the defense. That front four: Michael Strand, OCU Minura. Uh, Antonio Pierce, who's now the coach of the uh, the Raiders, he was a middle linebacker on that defense as well. That defense earned them that championship. Right. Because that was the... You had Tom Brady, you had Randy Moss, you had Wes Welker. All those weapons. And they weren't able to put on more than 14 points in that game. So... Uh, again, I get the credit that goes to uh, individual players, especially quarterbacks in those situations, but it takes a team to win a championship. There's definitely times where, and like, don't get me wrong, Eli did a good job, and Eli made one of the greatest throws I've ever seen in my life in the second game, uh, hitting a, a play at the corner. I think it was a money tumor, but I can't remember. Where he made, a, uh, they made a catch in the corner that they had no business uh, making, and so you know credit to Eli for being a two-time champion. But sometimes it just clicks once uh, in a way that. But it's it's hard for me to say on a defense that had Michael Strahan on it. Um, for me to say that Eli did that alone. <laughs> fair
1: enough. Fair enough.
0: Um, we I think that's all we had for for the Super Bowl. Uh, and for the NFL for this season. We're going to have the draft coming up in a couple months. Uh, We'll probably do that coverage uh, in in our April edition. Now it's time to talk about basketball.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: So how do we want to cover this?
1: So I was thinking we go through the Eastern and Western conferences and we'll talk about, what is it, the top eight teams that get into the playoffs? So Uh, we'll we'll talk
0: about ten, sort of. Okay, so we'll do the, We'll do top ten
1: for each, um, and I'll I'll name the team, and then you can give your points, and we'll talk about it. Um, and if there's any trades, or I know the trade deadline either just passed or whatever. It did is there anything? Pass. So is there anything of note before we get into the teams that you think we can talk about? Like I know that I don't think it was a trade, but Kyle Lowry did sign with the the. 76ers. Yes.
0: Kyle Lowry a- was, was a, they, there's a lot of those players where they get cut and uh, they get traded last minute. We had a couple trades of note. The 76ers, the big piece that they got in the, the, dead lap, the deadline was Buddy Heald. Uh, Buddy Heald, obviously, shooting guard, uh, known for being a very, very good three point shooter. He gets added to a team that, kind of need some extra scoring. I think they're hoping Kyle Lowry can come back and provide a steady hand as their backup point guard. But we'll we'll get to the Sixers later, but uh, that's getting dicey a little bit. The other uh, big trades, Gordon Hayward. He's still in the league. He's heading to be a veteran presence to the Oklahoma City Thunder who are a very, very good young team. I don't know that Gordon Hayward is lighting anybody on fire there, but it's it's a nice addition to a team just to add some peripheral scoring. The Knicks were excited to get Bogdanovich. Uh, he's a nice piece, but again, this is a lot of nice pieces. That was a lot of what you were getting in this kind of trade. There wasn't any or in the, this particular deadline... Uh, the Kings got Robin Lopez. Uh, the Raptors picked up Kelly O'Linnick, which, you know, the Raptors weren't were really in a position of adding. But there's a lot of those kind of pieces that were moving around. Uh, the Pistons made, made some moves to clear off some players because Lord knows they're not in a situation where they're doing anything. Obviously, uh, he added Terry Rozier. That was what they did with uh, Kyle Lowry. That was their, their big uh, addition. And then obviously the big trade that happened was that the Raptors sent Pascal Siakam right. in mid-January to the Indiana Pacers. They ended up acquiring what ultimately turned out to be draft capital. Uh, some picks, one of which they used to, to get Kelly Olenek for the rest of the season. It's an odd trade. The definitely is more about that. There's a lot of those kind of pieces. The kind of pieces that you need to win a championship or to push for a championship, but not the ones who are you know lighting your world on fire. Aside from Siakam, but that was the seven January 17th is what that happened. Right. So almost like I guess a month ago when this comes out. So as far as the NBA goes, uh, I guess that's pretty much it for the trade deadline. Is it we want to get into some teams?
1: Yeah, let's um l- I'll go through the Western Conference. Cool. Uh, I'll start at the bottom and work my way to the top. Um and we'll talk about who's currently sitting in playoff position. We are uh this this episode will be released the day before I believe All-Star weekend kicks mm-hmm. off in where is it this year? I uh, don't. Indianapolis?
0: I think that's right. I'll I'll double check where the, the All-Star game is. Okay, um, but the it is indeed in Indianapolis. So they're they're actually holding it. Uh, the All-Star Saturday night they're holding at Lucas Oil Stadium. So that 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 should be interesting.
1: Okay, so we've got a real interesting Western Conference going on right now, Kyle. Well, like I said, we'll start. You said that the top ten teams are potentially uh, playoff bound, so we'll start with number ten, the Golden
0: State Warriors. So how the playoffs work? is the top six teams are automatically into the playoffs. Then seven plays eight. The winner of that is the seven seed. Nine plays ten. The loser of that is eliminated. And then the winner of the nine-ten game plays the loser of the seven-eight game, and that team becomes the eight seed. Okay. So you have two chances if you're seven or eight, but if you lose them both, like... Say the Raptors did. Um, you actually, no, I think the Raptors only lost one game last year. But regardless, mm-hmm. it, it requires some work to get into the playoffs. Whereas if you're in the top six, you get in automatically.
1: Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about th- then. Uh, I mean, we'll still talk about the top 10 teams in each. Um, right now, we're going to start at the West- Western Conference. The 10th ranked team in the Western Conference is the Golden State Warriors. They're currently sitting at 25 and 25, Kyle.
0: This is an odd season for the Warriors. They're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but this has been an odd year because Draymond Green has been at the center of a lot of controversy. As is often the case for Draymond, there was concerns. He was considering retiring at some point. You're getting performance out of Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry's averaging 28 points a game. He's still Steph Curry. In, in a big way, he's still shooting very well. The, for the the three point percentage is down certainly, and then you get to Clay Thompson, and those numbers are just not where they where you're used to seeing for Clay Thompson. But this is a guy who's, you know, 33 with knee with a lot of knee injuries in his past, and now from his peak, where you're talking about um, three point percentages in the 420s higher sometimes. You're talking about a 3-point percentage of 37%, which is just not going to be high enough for a guy who, you know, he'll provide you some defense, but yeah, these are guys getting older. Mm-hmm. So for Golden State, this really does feel like one more kick at the can. And you know, Chris Paul has been hurt for a lot of this season too. Andrew Wiggins has been the player that they really were hoping that he would be. It's kind will, of the
1: story of Andrew Wiggins, isn't
0: it? Yeah, time will tell. But ultimately, this is just—it's a tough season. It's one of those things where it's—we're seeing the tail end of an aging core, like Steph Curry, uh, like Chris Paul is at the end of his career. Steph Curry is is thirty-five. He'll be thirty-six by the end of this season. Yeah, like I, I know everyone sort of talks about with guys like LeBron playing deep into their careers, but there's only so long you can do it. NBA season's long and it wears on you.
1: Number nine, the Lakers.
0: Speaking of,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: <sighs> I so my my siblings and I do a a pool every year where we pick um, positions in the NBA. We get the the over under list for all. 30 teams, and we take turns selecting overs and unders and tie them together to make a bet. And the Lakers are the team I just refuse to bet pick an over or under for because I can never make heads or tails of whether this team's going to be good or not. This yeah. year's iteration of the Lakers is kind of bog-standard Lakers. Um, you're getting strong performance. like LeBron's still strong. He's still putting up... Um, almost 25 points a game on 52% shooting. He's playing, you know, a lot of games. And you've got guys like Antonio Davis, who is, I mean...
1: Anthony Davis.
0: I'm sorry, that's my bad. Anthony Davis, who is almost 25 points a game, 12 rebounds, and almost two and a half blocks a game. Like, this guy remains very, very good. But after that, it starts to get a little bit dicey. Uh D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, these are solid players, but they're not amazing. And they're going to hope that they can they've added a couple pieces um like they added one from from the Raptors. Uh Sneema eludes me now, but they've made some signings but uh oh, you're asking you're asking a lot for this team. It's going to be tough to see if they're able to turn things around because again, depth just remains their kryptonite.
1: Number eight, the Dallas Mavericks.
0: Boy, Dallas is a team where let's talk about the next couple teams. Dallas is not a team that's going to be happy about being number eight, but ultimately eight is about where they should be. Luka Doncic um, thirty-four point five points, nine point four assists, eight point eight rebounds.
1: Is he like he's got to be a front runner for the MVP this year?
0: Um, he has missed some games, and that might keep him out of the MVP conversation. There's also some other guys in this in that list who, um, yeah, are worthy of consideration. He is definitely a consideration. The, and the other problem is with it is that they're eight. I get that this team is still, like, they've had injury issues, they've had depth issues. Kyrie is putting up 25 points a game, but he's only played in, you know, about huh? half of the team's games. Yeah. um, He's back playing now, which is good, but, you know, it's... They need big things out of these guys. They need big things out of Tim Hardaway Jr., um, who's been their sort of their big bench scorer their bigs just aren't really producing the way that they kind of want them to it's just they're fine but this is not a team that really wanted to be fine and yeah. we'll see what happens jason Kidd's obviously coaching them this year it's just the big thing is they're scoring a lot of points but their defense is kind of atrocious and um that has always this kind of been their problem for a while, and there's no real getting around it, I don't think. Sacramento Kings
1: at number seven.
0: Sacramento Kings. Fascinating team. Um, Mike Brown is getting the most out of he can out of this this squad of guys, and give them credit, they have been fantastic. Uh Darren, no, the amazingly, nobody made the all-star team for this this team. And it's absurd that they don't have any all-stars. Darren Fox averaged from 26.6 points a game. Uh, and uh, like you can make the argument that he should be an all-star. There's no excusing that uh Demonas Sabonis should be an all-star. Almost 20 points a game and 13.2 rebounds and 8.2 assists. This guy's a yeah. beast. He is a fantastic center. He's one of the best centers in the league. And this is gonna be fun. If the if Lither Wayne qualifies for the Olympics, they're going to be a threat because of him alone. But this has always been a team that the story of the of the Sacramento Kings is being overlooked. They've got a deep roster, they've got Malik Monk coming off the bench. they got Harrison Barnes still kicking around. The, Trey Lyles is playing for them too. There's a lot of dudes who are contributing in bigger ways, and a couple big names in Fox and, and Sabonis who are sort of their stars. They're not a team that I think a lot of people are taking too too seriously, just because of the lack of star power. But the Kings are a scrappy team. They're a difficult team to put away, and. Yeah, they've got a legitimate chance of potentially winning, stealing a playoff, um, w- a victory. Some of the teams in the top, there's some inconsistency up there, so you could definitely see. I could see Sacramento stealing some, something. Fair enough.
1: Moving on to number six, the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that has not, I think, seen a number six position in quite some time.
0: They this is a team that's been struggling for a long time. Um, obviously it's you got zion who you know he's not gonna play in as many games as i think they'd like him to ideally but like he'll be around the playoffs and i think that's the big thing we get to see zion in the playoffs it looks like which is exciting in and of itself but there's a lot to like about this team's depth at very least. Brandon Ingram is an excellent scorer. Uh, CJ McCollum, he's not the same player that he was, but he can still contribute on some nights, especially. Um, I, I still kind of like Jonas found He's not that guy anymore, but he's still a solid contributor on a good team. There's another team that I think will get overlooked because of their lack of pedigree in the West, but they're not a bad team by any stretch of imagination. Hopefully, Zion's able to hold up for the rest of the season and he can stick around, play his 65, whatever it is going to be, games and be available for the playoffs. But because, yeah, without him, this team's just not the same
1: team. Number five, the Phoenix Suns.
0: The Phoenix Suns kind of should be happy with being number five. I don't think they are because this is not a team that was built to be number five. Ultimately, they... Sorry. Sorry they lost Brad Beal and for a significant amount of time, he's back playing again, which is, it's good news, because they really need him, but they had a, a significant amount of injury with Bradley Beal. Uh, Devin Booker has had a good season. Uh, like he's like, you know the thing? Devin Booker's been 28 points a game, as is Kevin Durant. Um, they're both shooting pretty well. But they were concerned about this team on defense. I don't think it's as bad as people thought, but they're not score running away with scoring the way that people thought they would either. Ultimately, the other contributors need to step up. Like, they're going to need performances out of the use of Nurkic's, the Eric Gordon's of the world, the Grayson Allen's, Lord forbid, uh, of the world in order to continue to do that. And Give credit to Grayson Allen, who's shooting 49% of his threes. Um, which is impressive in and of itself. So he's turned himself into a valuable contributor in that way. But this is a team that is built to have success in the playoffs, and that's going to be their bar. And if they can't do that, and it's going to be tough sitting where they are in five, you really want to be able to at least host some games because those four at the top, they're pretty tough for different reasons. So time will tell with, with, phoenix but i think they were hoping they'd be higher
1: the nuggets the defending champions the number four
0: the top four don't aren't separated by a lot uh they're they're all pretty close in there so any one of them could really be one to four two true. true i'm not super worried about um about the nuggets Obviously, they've had some concerns with Jamal Murray being hurt, but uh, he, is, he has come back. He is still have Jokic, and everything runs through Jokic. He is 26 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists a game as a center. I don't know if I need to say more than that. The rest of the players that were mostly on this team last year are contributing in the Aaron Gordons and Michael Porters. It's still oh. a good team. There's questions as to whether or not they're, you know, more than that. But uh, I like, yeah, Reggie Jackson as well, who's mostly been a bench guy. But they had Jokic, like that's ultimately the thing is that they've done it before. The big thing about the Denver Nuggets before this season was the question was whether or not they could do it because they hadn't done it before. Well, now they've done it. Now we've seen them make that run. So I bet against them at your peril. Oklahoma at three. I love this Oklahoma City team, man. I love this Oklahoma City team. Shea just alexander is quietly making a case as a potential um, MVP candidate. He's got 31 points a game, uh, six and a half assists, five and a half rebounds. Just the classic star uh, combo guard. In mostly shooting guard, uh, they've got Shea. He, he sort of does both. He's the team leader, certainly. He's the guy that they have on the floor, uh, scoring the points for sure. They're getting great contributions. Chet Holmgren, this is a very young team by the way. Um, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, uh, Ludwig Dort, another Canadian by the way, Josh Giddey. uh even Casey uh, Wallace. These guys are, are young. They're all in their early 20s. There's a lot of talent here. Obviously, I mentioned at the deadline that they added Grace, uh, that they added um Gordon you know, Hayward. Gordon Hayward. And that's a nice, that's a nice pickup for another just a guy who can be a solid depth scorer for them. The playoffs this year are kind of a bonus. Like they're gonna get in, they're going to be able to have a, a series against a team. Really, this is an experience building year more than is anything else. Obviously, you always want to win. This team is very, very young, and they're very excited. It's cool to have excitement in Oklahoma City again.
1: Right. I will say, I when it comes to Oklahoma, like I feel like for the last few years, we've been talking about how they're a young team. There's pieces there. They just got to put it together. And I feel like this is the first season we're really seeing what their p- true potential yeah. was when we were talking about it for the last few
0: years. And the thing is, like, you got a guy like Chat Holmgren, who is playing well, but uh, he was a first overall pick for a reason. Like, okay. he is a very, very good player. And, like, it would not surprise me to see him continue to get better as the seasons go on. And, I mean Shay Gilders Alexander, I I'm excited to this year. We it's an Olympics year this year. I am looking forward to seeing him uh wearing the the red and white.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh a team that I'm very excited to talk about, uh at number two, the LA Clippers.
0: <laughs> the experiment's working.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, so I, I, aside from the James Harden thing, I do want to say I, I kind of have the same point about the Clippers that I had about the Thunder and is that we've seen that there are pieces there for years now. Ever mm-hmm. since Kawhi went over there, taking Paul George over there, we knew that success had to start to flow eventually. And they put pieces together and it didn't quite make it. They made some runs in the playoffs and then eventually bowed out. I, I feel like this is a season where they could be a top contender for the NBA title.
0: So, the thing they have over other teams is that they have four guys in Harden, Leonard, George, and Russell Westbrook, who on any given night could hurt you. Yeah. Um, they have Ivica Zubach, who I, I quite like as their, their center. Um, he's, he's not on the level of those other guys. Norman Powell's there, uh, who was a longtime rapper. He's sort of their, their uh, bench star. Um. Quietly, I think he just got moved services. actually oh, did sure he, he just got moved did he get traded? I'm not 100% but I thought it would be surprising because I feel like he's he should be a, a bigger contributor like I, you would think he wouldn't be Um, I don't have any I'll have to have a look at it but regardless the big thing about that team is the biggest thing going down the stretch I don't believe he was traded
1: Okay. All right. My mistake.
0: The biggest thing going down the stretch for this team is that they need to stay healthy. They need Leonard and George and Harden and Westbrook to stay healthy for the so that they can get to the playoffs and have all of them available. That's the big goal for the Clippers. You yeah. kind of also want to get some more bench contribution. They obviously have some other guys who have been solid for them, but the big, the most important thing for this team is that they have to make sure that they have their health coming playoffs. That is going to mean some creative rest, which obviously NBA fans are not a fan of, but for a team like this, where you've got four aging stars, I mean, stars is kind of, you know, a bit of a dubious term for some of these guys at this point, but,
1: and and I think Kawhi Leonard's only thirty two.
0: Yes, but those are city miles, man.
1: That's true. That's true. He he's he's had the the bad injuries. Yeah. So that's fair.
0: So ultimately, um, it is a it's a cool thing to see them find that success. Time will tell with this team, but if they can stay healthy, that's a team I would not want to play.
1: That's for sure. And so currently sitting at the number one position, the Minnesota Timber- Timberwolves.
0: Let's start with the, the. We'll start with the first thing: is that Anthony Edwards is for real.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost- and the, and I, if I, again, I, we've been saying it for years, and this is the year where the pieces are fully put together.
0: One hundred percent. Anthony Edwards is for real. He's an excellent. Excellent scorer, 20 almost 26 points a game, five assists, five rebounds. Just on uh, their key contributor, 40 46.5% shooting. He is the star on the offense. And and as much as people like you know, Cat is still having a very good season. It it is in some ways. Like, you know, some people are going to say it's still Cat's team. Uh, Yeah. Team. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't um, know about that. Ant is the guy for this team. Cat is having a solid season as well. Give him credit. The Rudy Bear trade was made because of this season. Did they pay a lot for Rudy Gobert? Absolutely. But he has finally figured it out so that this defense can be as strong as it has been. Their defensive rating is first in the league. And you don't think Rudy Gobert has a lot to do with that? Yeah. 100%. Uh, Having a guard, uh, a veteran guard like Michael Conley too, Mike Conley too, who... Yeah, he's he's getting deep into his career, but he's still a tough guy to, to try to beat in the outside. I love to kill Alexander Walker, who has been sort of their bench guy as well. Hasn't been as big a contributor, but still a guy who uh, can come in and score buckets. I'm excited to see him at the, the Olympics as well for Canada. But, I mean, the team starts and, and ends with Ant, and having a guy like Rudy Gobert on defense anchoring it, Finally, everything, all the pieces coming together for them. This feels like it's going to be a tough season. Now, it remains to be seen whether or not they're going to be able to make a run of the playoffs. Because, you know, that's a new experience for a lot of these guys. They bowed out in the playing game last year. So, you're talking about a team that you're now automatically getting a series where you're going to be have the home advantage. Um, It's not the same thing. So, hopefully they're able to rise to the occasion, but time will tell.
1: So we're going to move over to the Eastern Conference. Yep. Uh Kyle, the, the number 10 ranked team is the Atlanta Hawks.
0: I can't make heads or tails of this team.
1: <laughs> Here you know what? I'm going to i gonna make a statement. I think I think Trey I think he's not a leader. I think I think he's a talented player. Um, but I, 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 don't know. I think that we've we've seen enough years with him now, and and uh, you could say the same thing for Luca, really, because the the Dallas Mavericks haven't been spectacular since he joined them, but they've made a few decent runs towards the playoffs, and I just I don't I don't think Trey's the the guy for this. But I, I think he would do better somewhere else, perhaps.
0: So I'll say this, um. Losing uh, Jalen Johnson for as much of the season as they did uh, was definitely hurt this team. And Trey Young, I don't know, man. Like he's he's good. He's like he's a good. uh, He's he's the classic uh, stat sheet stuffer supreme. Um, Yeah, (laughs) twenty seven points, almost eleven assists per game. The ball still runs through his hands, but it's it's inconsistent. The shooting percentage is not as high as you'd necessarily want it to be. Um, only 37.7% from three, only 43% from the floor, which you know, as a guard is not awful, but it's it's not as high as you want it to be. I am shocked that they kept the Mary through the, the trade deadline. I assumed that they were going to try to get a haul for him and try to build towards the future. They didn't do that. I don't know. Like it they're they're in this spot because you need 10. And Lord knows the Raptors and, and the Nets aren't rising to the occasion. So
1: Yeah, I, I can't believe we don't we're not going to talk about the Raptors. That's That's I mean, if you want but to we can, but, no, you know, I don't because that the number 12, I don't like it at all. So right. I don't think they deserve it.
0: Yeah, you can talk about the Raptors. Uh there's one his name is Scotty Barnes. Um
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Um Yeah, RJ Barrett He's been he's been all right. Yeah. Uh, uh but anyway, um number nine, the Bulls. That other team, that's another team I can't make heads or tails of.
0: Losing Zach Levine's a killer. And I believe he's out for the rest of the season. Um which that's a bad blow. DeRozan is having another DeMar DeRozan season. Where he is, you know, he can score from two. He can't score from three. He's getting a lot of points, but it's just... Uh, Vucevic, like, that's the thing about this team. Levine is 28, now coming off another serious injury. Will be coming off another serious injury. Vucevic is is 33. And DeRozan is 34. Yeah, man. Um, the... I want this team to be better than it is, but they're just not really. They'll be fine. They'll make it to the playoff, the playing game. They'll probably get bounced. If they don't, if they manage to make it in, they'll be a, a nice sweep fodder for whoever they play. But, now I know Zach Levine, it's, it might be time to pull the plug on this team.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I... I uh I I don't know what you're what the what they're trying to get to because the pieces that they've put together they've kind of shown that they can be successful but they I don't think they're championship caliber successful. And at this point like especially with a guy like DeMar DeRozan who's what like 36 37 uh 34. like 34. Okay, well, e- either way, also City Miles. Mm-hmm. Um I just I don't see a successful offense running through him, especially with Levine out. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the Miami Heat.
0: I never want to camp the Miami Heat out because you know they're they've had a lot of of injury trouble this season. Um, Ben bio Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler have all missed games of the course of the season. They added Terry Rozier. Who I think gives them another nice option at the point guard position. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm never going to like fully rule this team out because they can come from anywhere and, and surprise. And like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is dangerous. But Jimmy Butler's getting up there too, you know? Yeah. He's, he's also 34 there's only so many times that he's going to be able to put a team on his back in that same way. And I think they gave the big money extension, um, to their absolute legend of a coach in Eric Spolstra. I, I think that Spo and Jimmy are always going to be a tough out. And if they get the right matchup, they could be dangerous in the playoffs, but uh, they got to build themselves up because, let me tell you, the number one team when we get to them, that's not the right matchup.
1: It's <laughs> fair. Uh, currently sitting at number seven is the Orlando Magic.
0: This is an awesome story. Uh, the Magic have gotten some great play. Uh, Paolo Banchero looks like the real deal, which is awesome to see. He is... A uh, really, really talented power forward, multifaceted player. The last year's rookie of the year. Um, having another excellent season. He's got almost 23 points a game. Almost 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Just a slick player. um guy's 6'10". Again, he's on the level of some of the other like great passing bigs, but he's sort of that half step down from that. And can continue to grow. Uh, Franz Wagner's having a great season as well. Uh, it's for the Magic, it's you know, it feels like a lot of the pieces are slowly starting to come together and they've got an interesting team. But are you asking me to bet on them in the playoffs? No, but I feel like just making the playoffs this year is a, is a win for, for Miami or for Orlando, I should say. That's fair.
1: Uh, sitting at the number six position. The Indiana
0: Pacers. Well, this is a team that might rise up too, and uh, they are the number six team as as you mentioned. But and you know Tyrese Halliburton, that is a huge name. He's still a very very good player. He's missed a chunk of the or at least a bit of this season, but he'll be back. They still have Miles Turner who's been excellent, and then you have Pat yeah, Pasqualian. Siak- and adding a Pascal Siakam makes this team a threat. He has been pretty good so far with the Pacers. If he's able to blend with the rest of this offense, if he and Tyrese and, and Turner uh, can put something together, there, there's pieces there. Obviously losing Buddy Heald in, in the trade they did. Uh, they added some pieces back in that trade, but you know that's a shooter that you kind of wish you had. But and then they had to lose uh, Bruce Brown as well in the the trade uh, to the Raptors, um, for for Siakam. But yeah, like I feel like the key this year isn't going to be running deep. It's going to be making sure that those that core can play together well. That Turner and Halliburton and Siakam look like a good connection because then you can start to think about running it for next year. That's fair.
1: Um, the number five position, the team you were uh, looking forward to talking about, the Philadelphia 76ers. Well,
0: it's been fun, y'all. It's been fun. Jaw John bead is being evaluated for a serious injury. And oh my God. He's gonna be out. He's out indefinitely right now. Um, he I think he's coming off surgery. He was having an, another MVP caliber season. 35.3 points, eleven point three rebounds, five point seven assists. Those are video game numbers. Yep. And also was probably gonna be the starting center for the US national basketball team. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of this is starting to come out now, and like we can talk about some of these other players. Like Tyrese Maxey having a very good season. Buddy Healds is a nice, looks like a nice addition to this team. And Tobias Harris is still a contributor. But are we talking about anything if there's Embiid's not there?
1: Yeah, it's that's a that's a good question.
0: And that's and you know they they added Kyle Lowry, you know, Philly legend. <laughs> But he gets to go home. He gets to go home for a little bit. He does. But man, if Embiid can't come back and and maybe he can't, maybe he's able to get healthy and pull it together and we'll be ready for the playoffs. But if he can't come back and be as effective as they need him to be, this team is so built around him being Embiid. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I can't believe we're going to talk about these guys at the position that they're in, but, uh, Kyle, the New York Knicks are currently sitting at number four.
0: They are. Um, This is a team that the pieces are there. Now, Julius Randle is currently injured, and they're reevaluating him. It doesn't look like a serious injury, but he is at the time of recording this. He's out. Um, Jalen Brunson is having another excellent, excellent season. This guy looks like a really, really talented player. 27 and a half points and six and a half assists. Man, I I don't know that this guy gets enough credit for being a, a real a Knicks star. OG Ananobi is a great addition to this team because he's a guy who you can really just plug and play and trust to shut down wings in a right. league where you really need to shut down wings. Um, but... They had to trade away a reasonable amount of depth to get OG. And the question is, can guys step up to that level to be able to deal with that? Can you get the kind of performances that you need of the, the Josh Hart's and the Dante DiVincenzas of the world in order to contribute to that? Because as far as star power goes, Jalen Brunson is an excellent player. And Julius Randle, when he gets back, is a key contributor to the scorer. Uh, and they acquired Bohan Bogdanovich to try to bridge the gap in terms of some of that uh, that depth. But can those two be your lead scorers on a on a team that wants to make it deeper in the playoffs? I would say probably not. But you know that's what the Knicks are banking. It's fair.
1: Number three, the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: I think the big thing about the Milwaukee Bucks is that it looks like this Lillard and Antetokounmpo thing is working. And I think that's what they wanted. Where they finish, so long as they're, you know, in the top half of the East, isn't super going to matter. Like, it matters for matchup, obviously. But ultimately, it comes down to, for that team, is, can those guys um, cook... And they seem to be able to play well together. And Chris Middleton's missed some games with some injuries. There's some concern there, but uh, if he can get himself right before the playoffs, that's a lot of talent. Now, this team is not built for the future. A lot of their guys are getting up there in age. You know, even, even beyond Lillard, who's, who's into his thirties, Middleton and Zoom to his thirties. Giannis is going to be turning 30 soon. Uh, Brick Lopez is, uh, almost 36. Jeez. So this is a team that's built to make this kind of a big push. They're as good as any other team in the East. Um, obviously there's one team that's sort of ahead of everybody but they're a, as good a team in the East as you're going to get and they have a chance to compete for that finals and that's the big push is can you uh, push it this year because that's what this team is built for is the immediate future.
1: Sitting at number two the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, uh, not, the only point I'm going to make about these guys is uh, Donovan Mitchell's really proven that uh, he can take a team and put, him, put them on his back and just fly.
0: I've had my doubts about Donovan Mitchell before. I'm wrong. He's really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's real, real good. Uh, 29 points a game this year. Uh, almost a little over six assists, over five rebounds. This, I mean, he's playing fantastically. There's a team that he has been a real star for, and he's had to because they've had a lot of injuries. Darius Garland was out for a long stretch of time. Right. Evan Mobley was out for a long stretch of time. Um, but they're back. And they still have uh Jared Allen contributing. They still have Karis Slavert contributing. Um the pieces are there around there are there. Um and if Donovan Mitchell can continue to score like he has been, this is a team that is tough to beat. Um they're Again, we talked about defensive rating before. They're the number two defense in the league, which goes to show what talented big defensive bigs can do. And Donovan Mitchell's not the greatest defender of all time, but they've got defense for days around him. Right. They're a tough, tough team. And again, they're one of those teams that doesn't have a lot of experience, so they might be one of those teams that kind of gets bounced because of that lack of experience. But very, very, very good. Time will tell if they can, you know, if they can come out and show out, that could be a tough team to beat.
1: And now, Kyle, it's time to talk about the number one team in the NBA right now, the Boston Celtics.
0: It's kind of the best case scenario for everybody so far this season for the Celtics. Like, this is what they've been waiting for, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Again, it goes back to another team that we've been talking about for years as their future champions. They just got to put it together, and they they did it. They they did it. And we're only halfway through the season, and and that's the only thing is that this season
0: is far from over. Um, I mean, ultimately, they had they like they have Drew Holiday. They added him. That was a solid addition. He doesn't need to be the scorer that needs to be, but he can be a great uh, facilitator. And that's one of the things that I think they were kind of lacking a little bit. They've got Chris Stapps playing pretty well. He's got the 20 points a yeah. game.
1: I was going to say, Chris Stapps is really, he's kind of coming to his own in Boston.
0: Yeah. Had some injury troubles. What else is new with Chris Stapps? But like, right, he's he's back he's playing well he's contributing to this team jalen brown and jason tatum are both excellent excellent players tatum in particular i think we knew coming into the season he's 27 points eight eight and a half re- or rebounds and four and a half assists again like he's the real deal and yeah like they're the class of the east but this is a team that lives or dies by whether or not they're going to, be to have success in playoffs. Right. That's all they really care about at this point. They've had success in the regular season. It comes down to whether or not they're going to win the playoffs. And they've got the pieces there. We'll see. It's all we can do.
1: That's, that's true. That's true. Well, Kyle, I think that wraps up uh, our NBA coverage. Uh, actually, you know what? Why don't you pull up, uh, you know, we'll get out of here with All-Star Weekend. It's going to be happening over the weekend uh, following this episode dropping. So let's talk about the three-point contest, the slam dunk contest, and uh, some all-stars. There's, I believe, is it Jalen Brown who has declared for the dunk contest?
0: I am looking at this now. I have not actually paid attention to the skills contests too, too much. But the dunk contest is going to be Jalen Brown uh, is going to be in it. We've got uh, Mac McClung, who's uh, a G-leagher, like a really, really good dunker, so he could be an interesting one. Uh, Jacob Toppin, who's uh, Nick, and uh, Jamie uh, Jaquez Jr. All good dunkers. Should be a fun one. Um, three-point contest. It's going to be an interesting group. Uh, obviously, you've got Guys like Damien Lillard and Trey Young, who are always dangerous, Donovan Mitchell's in it. Got a couple seven-footers and Laurie Marconin and Carl Anthony Towns, so that, that's always good to see. Uh, Jalen Brunson's there, too. Um, I think they're going to be doing a competition as well. Uh, they're doing a shoot-off between uh, Sabrina... Um, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Ionescu, who was... A monster in the WNBA uh, three-point shooting contest, only missed okay. one shot, which is an absurd run.
1: Okay, all right, I'm I'm excited for that.
0: It's her versus Steph Curry.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 it's gonna. This is all taking it's place on Saturday, Saturday, I assume.
0: Yeah, that's on the Saturday as well. That's that's going to be there. Um, actually, is that on the yeah? That's on the Saturday as well. That should be fun. Uh. Yeah, it's all like it's always a fun. The All Star Game is always a fun time. I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'll probably check out the the um the Saturday night, the All Star Game itself.
1: It's it is what it is.
0: It is what it is. Um, two guys, obviously Embiid, we mentioned, and Julius Randall uh who is does have a serious injury but won't be able to play in the all-star game so they're going to miss it unfortunately uh the starters for each team the east team has Tyrese Halliburton Damian Lillard Giannis Antetokounmpo uh Jason Tatum and I'm not sure who they're going to be starting probably Bam Adebayo
1: okay. because
0: indeed is hurt and then on the west side, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. No, no surprises on either team. We do have a few uh, uh, guys who are making their all-star debut. Tyrese Maxey and Jalen Brunson were voted into it for the first time, as was Paolo Banchero for the, the Magic. And then Scotty Barnes is a replacement player for uh, one of the two injuries. So Scotty Barnes is going to be making his first all-star game as well, which is really cool to see.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Kyle, we've gone long, and we, we've covered a lot in the hour and 20 minutes we've been talking. Um, okay. I guess that that finishes up our NBA coverage and our coverage of sports for the month of February. With all that being said, what are we going to talk about next month?
0: Oh, next month, uh, we're probably going to get into some Formula One stuff next month as we get into the start of the Formula One season, which is always a fun time. I don't know if we're quite going to get into baseball stuff. It might be uh, a little bit early for that but we could get into some some baseball stuff as well and yeah more more deeper into the nba season as we get closer to the end of it as well
1: awesome all right well look forward to that in the month of march with all that being said kyle next week we have our over under of attitude era stars coming out as well as world's funniest podcast on the 29th so stay tuned for those programs kyle send the people home happy
0: Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been lit. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop, and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by R.J. Spearin. you can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.